<laughs> so uh, before we start, James, I just want to tell you something kind of funny. Oh boy. This weekend, I was thinking about um, different types of people. And <laughs> so this was the reason why I thought we could invite today Mr. Alan Henry. <laughs> because the thing is, when I'm thinking about people, I've noticed that some people... And I'm and when I'm talking right now, I'm talking about how some people seem to be a little more cool headed when a situation bad happens. And then some people seem to just like freak out when something bad happens. And the reason I say this is because I saw a car accident and it was it was the most horrifying thing I ever saw. Not too far off of Seventh 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 Street and Dunlap. And I noticed every single person there was acting completely different. Under this, and it was the same accident. And I always think to myself, you know, I always think the humans are pretty much were all the same, but it's, oh God. it's funny how they, and it, I, when I say terrible, I didn't see anybody like dead or anything, but I mean, the cars were mangled. There was a car flipped over on its side. I mean, it looked ugly. That was an SUV that was flipped over, right? Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, Alan, you're here with us today. I am. Alan, I, I, th- I assumed you were going to lead into, and that's why I was thinking about Alan, because Alan is one of the com- most calm people I've ever known. Oh, oh yeah. I thought it was going that direction. <laughs> but I've it, it, never seen you in an emergency situ- situation, but I've seen you in a couple of different situations, and you seem always very uniquely level-headed. Well, both of you are oh, like thank that. Thank you. You're yes. welcome. You're both pretty level-headed. Well, if you want me to talk about myself for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please do. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Alan. The interviewers become the interviewee. Yes. Um... Tell us, James. I wasn't Tell us always level-headed. I mean, I, I always thought of myself as level-headed, but I had an incident when I was in Houston. Um, I actually had a gallery in Houston, a fine art gallery. And this, uh, I was in the back and I heard this commotion in the front of my gallery. And I, I run into the front and I see a man leaning over a woman beating her with a knife. Oh, my God. And I yell, stop, stop, stop. And he eventually stops and runs away. But... That at that moment, I realized I was basically panicking, and oh. I, I never thought of myself as someone who would panic. But I had never been uh, confronted with a situation like that. The crop duster is coming over. <laughs> what? Holy cow! Don't panic. <laughs> That's the problem with this place. <laughs> Remember, I told you we get a helicopter every day, a little bit after ten. So it's Sometimes when, when it's noisy, we'll just stop for a moment. Thank God you didn't panic. Right. Uh, so I was, you know, I panicked and I didn't realize it was going to panic because I wasn't trained for these kinds of things. Um, and, and also my initial response wasn't so much going after the guy, which I thought would have been my initial response, you know, aggressive male going, you know, defending whatever. No, my first response was to, to worry about the woman. She turned out it was the woman who worked next door. And this guy had come in and tried to rape oh, you her. you knew basically. her? Yeah. Well, yeah. That makes it worse, it seems so, like. So and it was weird because, so since then though, because I realized that in response to an emergency situation, I was going to panic. It basically gave me a very small and short course on how to deal with emergency situations. Oh, right. You live through it and then you realize you need to get your act together and doesn't everybody think that they're calm and cool? I mean, don't they always think they're calm and cool? And then till, till the, until, as the they sh- say, crap hits yeah, the, till the it fan. Hits the fan. And yeah, then you're like, yeah. I guess I wasn't so cool. <laughs> yeah, so that was my story. Uh, but we're talking about Alan today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and I imagine that one of the reasons Alan is probably the more cool and collected than the rest of us is because, as, as I recall correctly, his profession was a little bit more intense than most of ours. And that was as a, I keep wanting to say parole, uh, as a- That's the other one, <laughs> probation. As a probation officer. Adult probation, no, that's not well, juvenile. Oh, Adult. That would, is that is probation for juveniles worse than adults? Which do you think would be worse? Most people, when they think of probation, think of juvenile probation. Oh, yeah, I do too. I do, yeah. okay. They don't think of adult probation. I didn't really know so, there was adult probation. Yeah. I thought you were either in, well, there's, I don't know what a ha- exactly what a halfway house is, but is that something like what we're talking about? Halfway house. Well, it can't be for kids, but it's, that's more often for adults. Yeah. That's what I mean. I always think of it as like for adults. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe you can help me and our listeners uh, understand the difference between parole 
the other one? Probation. Probation. I don't know my brain. <laughs> what is your oh, no, deal huh? this morning? <laughs> I think there may be. I think there may be a lack of drugs on board. That's my problem. Maybe you're a little nervous. It's not that I'm nervous. <laughs> Probation it's could help you. At this point, I usually have a certain caffeinated drug. Well, okay. Ah. I'm not complaining yet. <laughs> it's on its way. Yet. Okay. I'm sorry. Alan, I feel like we're neglecting you. Uh, could you explain the difference? Please, yeah, tell us the us? difference. Um, very and this simply. is in Phoenix only, right? Or is it like this across oh, the no, country? Oh, no, no, no. This is across the country. Okay. All right. Tell us what oh, yeah. tell us. And then there's, the there's certainly county probation, and then there's even federal probation. So we have probation all over the place. Tell us and your federal gig, parole. Man. And, <laughs> yeah. So probation is a suspended sentence. So you commit a crime and you go to court. And then you're sentenced, and instead of being sentenced to prison, uh, you're sentenced to probation. And probation can be... That sounds like a free ride to me. (laughs) Oh, well, interestingly enough, I have had people over the years say, you know, I've had enough of this, just send me to prison. No, you got to be kidding. I've had enough of the requirements. I've had enough of the reporting, the paying, the community service, the counseling. I'm sick of it. Wow. We have a we have a guest. Yeah, I don't know another guest. another guest. I'm afraid this one is not mic'd up, so he will not be speaking. <laughs> For our listeners who can't see what's going on, what's the name of this a black, black cat? cat named Fig? Fig <laughs> just popped into our studio, <laughs> our patio studio, and he's not a friendly cat, but he seems to really like James. Wow, he, this is not a friendly cat. No, it's not a friendly cat. That's amazing. <laughs> look, look at this. Look at this. He's, he's rubbing just, on you. Yeah, he's. His, James holds his hand up and the cat moves to rub into oh, it. Oh, well, yeah, you can't lean Not too much. a friendly I cat, are you kidding? I think he's trying to make me jealous. <laughs> the problem is, if you, you don't lean into the cat, otherwise the cat will, you know, try, treat you like uh, it, it's property. You have to make the cat come to you. That? You have to set the standard for the, the this relationship. See, you have a cat understanding. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah. And the cat recognized that. Oh it comes God. from many years of dealing with women. I mean, I the mean, The next cats. thing you guys are going to pull out is cat videos. <laughs> All right. Let's just really quick take a break. I'm going to get the coffee, and then we'll come back and listen to the, the true definition of what entails being... Probation. Probation, probation and parole. Yes. I, know, I know the word now. <laughs> sure tired of looking at that dim floor. It's ugly. And you want something a little more interesting. Well, you should check out Rages when you want an outrageous floor. We got all kinds of fun patterns like, like flying monkeys and some of my favorite paisleys and bubblegum balls. We got pizza floor, pepperoni if you like it. If you're still learning how to read, we got alphabet floor. And that ain't spilled soup. We got covered wagons with horses. We got grapefruit and green grass. Fire trucks and fireflies. We got chicken for your kitchen. Heck, we got a floor to look like you're floating in outer space staring at a big old Saturn and even possibly Uranus. Keep your mind clean and come on down and go rages for some go outrageous foreign. That's G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S dot com. See you soon. The local news of the week. This Saturday at midnight, all the phones will be changed to dial service. All the telephone numbers will be changed. Late this week, new directories will be delivered. Here are a few important suggestions for the use of your dial telephone. First, secure the number from your directory. Then, remove the receiver and wait for a dial tone. Sounds like this. That tone indicates everything is ready for your call. Take the receiver off the hook, dial, call. For example, suppose you want to dial 23650. Dial each numeral in this manner. Pulling your finger around to the finger stop each time. Allow the dial to return to its previous location. And this is the ringing signal. If the line is busy, you'll hear this signal. Until Saturday at midnight, please use your previous number and take your calls in the usual manner. Thank you. And she did. She was testing the video, so she had the Renaissance Fair in her area, and that guy from the the Renaissance Fair that we're familiar with was there too. And I was like, "Wow, he's not famous." <laughs> How about that? And not only do I know him, and I have pictures of him now. Joanna Joanna Stern has pictures of him as well. See, so James, what do you think of your mug? 
Uh, this mug is, is ridiculous. I, I, you know, uh, the last time I was here, he gave me this really fine China mug and I was actually a little bit embarrassed because the, the mugs I have for him to drink out of are not nearly as nice. Now he's giving me this thing that looks like it's hewn out of the earth. It looks like it should be filled with beer. Ale. Ale. Oh, yeah. There you go. Ale. Grog. Grog. It's a grog mug. So I'm shaking we, it up. Do we want to get back to probation and the difference between probation and parole? Yeah, yeah, I do. Enough? I want to hear we, the difference. We didn't cover that enough? Okay. No, no. I, I, want, I, I, I don't quite understand. All right. Very simply. Probation is a suspended sentence. So you're on probation. You have a set of terms and conditions. You have to, well, the term is actually how long it is. Conditions you have to follow. If you don't follow them, then you could go to prison. You'll go back to court. Your probation can be revoked. You could go to prison. You could be placed on a higher level of probation. You can also, as a part, as a condition of probation, you can spend some time in jail. So jail and prison are different, too, even though the media always confuses that. Jail It's not just the media. Yeah, well, not just the media. That's true. Jail is they just helped add to short, it, confusion. Short term and prison is long term. Now, if you mess up on your probation, does that mean when you go to jail, you like you suffer more? You should have just went jail from the beginning. <laughs> you I suffer mean, more, but, well, well, I mean, perhaps like, if they you, say like, you right. didn't like your probation officer, you, know, like, yeah, you, you had suffered <laughs> grievously. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like you're on probation, like you, you mess up really bad, and like the probation officer goes, well. We were going to put you in a light prison, but now we're going to put you in a heavy, hardcore prison because no. you messed up so bad. No. no. <laughs> so what are the more stringent or curious or noteworthy uh, terms uh, that you had as to, to in- inflict? Inflict is the wrong word. Impose? Impose is better. <laughs> of course, I didn't do the imposing. Right. Or I guess you were just doing the. Uh, I was the. I would recommend. Oh, okay. And so you judge would, be, would impose. So would you be? You would be part of the process of uh, setting up the probation. At times, yes. Wait, 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 wait. St- take a step back. So the judge tells you what to do. It's not like pre-set up, and not everybody's the same. Everybody has the same conditions of probation, as far as there's a page, and. It, there's going to be reporting and you're, you're going to have to pay fines and probation fees and there's most likely going to be community service as one of your conditions. Usually there's going to be counseling, some drug counseling, alcohol counseling, something, something like that. And there's, of course, you have to obey all laws and you can't have any firearms or other <laughs> weapons. Yeah, things like that. that. Have weapons <laughs> yeah, as yeah. a criminal? I know. Crazy, <laughs> huh? <laughs> So, so those conditions are going to be the same, but then there can be special conditions based on the individual and the individual's crime. I see. And so they'll check those off or they'll write in certain other conditions. So they definitely have latitude of what they do. And then you have field officers and you have pre-sentence officers. And the pre-sentence officer, that's the person that really investigates. So the police have done the investigation. The pre-sentence officer will get... The police report, they'll interview the defendant, so they'll get their social history. They'll talk to the different attorneys. They may talk to counselors. They may talk to... If yeah, I can see. I would take before. jail over all that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they submit their report to the court. Well, the thing They is make it, a recommendation, and then the judge follows it or right. not. Now, if, if you're a criminal, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're probably not the most organized person anyways, or you wouldn't be resorting to a crime that warrants all this. But yeah, basically, business. basically but you need a different profession. You're not a good criminal. <laughs> but the thing is, I was thinking if, if you are um, wrapped up with all these rules, your natural uh, behavior and characteristics probably aren't being a rule follower in the first place, I can see why that would be difficult. If you're not a, if you're not good at following rules, and then all of a sudden you say, "Hey, you don't have to go to jail, but you have to do all these rules," I can see instinctively the person's like, "Uh, what?" For some people, but a lot of people on probation, and it's the reason they instead of instead of going directly to prison, it's like you are a heinous, horrible individual. You are not amenable to any type of treatment. So you know, off with you. Right. Basically, people have screwed up because of 
lack of education, lack of employment, um, addiction. 80% of people on probation have some sort of addiction problem. So would that's... You, would you see mean, there, was there the most common type of crime that you yeah, saw? Yeah, I keep thinking that too. Or was uh, it, was it, did it cover a broad range? It's a broad range. Okay. Yeah, broad range. A lot, I mean, lots of different drug crimes, mm-hmm. sales, use, possession, but all sorts of property crimes and theft. And then you get into some very serious stuff. Of course, you're not going to see if someone's convicted of rape or murder, they're not getting probation. Right. Hopefully. But lots of DUIs. Yeah. Um, is that what you mostly handled, DUIs? I can see that being a crazy high number of people. I had a specialized DUI caseload once. Oh, oh. <laughs> that, yeah. Well, I actually sat, I was called for jury duty and uh, I got dismissed. I don't know whatever happened in the trial, but uh, we spent an entire day and it was going to get called back the next day. But they spent the entire first day basically listening to the defense attorney grill all of the potential jurors on completely nonsensical things. It's like, uh, it's almost like they're billing by the hour. Oh yeah. <laughs> you think? Everybody's being billed. Yeah, it, it was terrible. It was like, it's like, this guy's watched too much of those crime shows. I don't know, what's, the, what's the popular crime show these days? The I don't practice. Know. The practice. Okay. Is that, what, is that a crime show? I don't even know that one. Oh, well, it's got lawyers and criminals. Yeah, I, I guess it's more lawyers. But it's, you, a, it's a nineties thing. You mentioned uh, pro- uh, probation fee. So these people who are on probation have to pay you? Oh yeah, cool. How do you if get they're a committing a crime? I'm guessing. It's How much? What are the fees? What are yeah. the fees like on that? <laughs> oh gosh, when I left, what was it? it was Fifty bucks a month. Okay, well, oh, that's that's fifty or six. Oh, but then you have the fine, which is often two thousand, well, three thousand, and well, then you might have that, restitution. Because with DUIs, you're looking at lawyers. Now, tell me if you oh, tell me yeah, if you've heard DUI. this. In Scottsdale, the number one industry out of all of the things they do tourism, all the art that's there and everything else and golf, right? Scottsdale's got all those golf courses. The number one industry in Scottsdale is DUIs because of the golf. They have traps all over and between all the lawyers, the judges, all the court people, they're a massive, the, the most massive accumulation of money in that town is DUIs. You're talking about on, on a, uh, municipal level or on a corporate level, business level? The, the money that brings the most into that city is DUIs. So you're talking municipal. All relate. It's like Hollywood in the entertainment business. Everything is usually well, no, no, indirectly no, no. related uh-uh. to the entertainment okay. industry, just like DUIs is indirectly or directly related somehow to-, to Yeah, but you're, you're specifically talking about municipal income as opposed to business No income. business. Uh, I, yeah, you're going to have to show me data on that. I, I'm not saying, I just telling you, I, I read it <laughs> twice. You know what? Yeah, I know how you love to do notes, James. This <laughs> Alan, is, no, Alan, no, this yeah. one's going to be for no, you. No, no, you're no. Gonna do this I will one. give this you all okay. the information about where I found this and then you can put it in the notes. Is that okay? Yeah. If it's, you know. But all I was asking is if valid. Alan has ever heard this before. You don't let Christopher just spew without supporting documentation. Oh, no, no, huh? Alan checks everything I say. <laughs> Alan. Alan I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. James checks probably better, I say. It, it would probably be better if Alan did do the checking. <laughs> but but I remember what you said? Who I, checks the checker? I need to back up I need to back up a little bit and, and cover Christopher here. It's not just Christopher who spews. We both spew. <laughs> We're an equal opportunity spewer. <laughs> Dual spew. James just does it much cooler and calmer. <laughs> I am I'm more calm. Uh, Which makes now, it more believable. It's my understanding, Alan, that you, even though you've retired from being a probation officer... See, I know the word now. Um, you have a new business. I do. Well, it's not new. You've been doing it for a long time. How long have you been doing well, it? Well, I even started it when I was uh, a probation mm-hmm. officer. They're, really. they're almost related, aren't they? In a way, they are. Because uh, the company actually brought their products. They're kind of a criminal justice company. Oh. And they brought their products to my department when I was the training officer. So that's when I first learned how to do it. And now really I'm a consultant for them. They have two different products. One is called Real Colors and that's essentially a personality instrument or personality assessment. So I consider myself a relationship marketer Hmm. or a human community. I'm in human communication, sales, and marketing, essentially. Explain all the colors, because this is why I brought 
this to James. I brought this to James' attention. You and I, Alan, have known each other for, I don't know, five years, maybe? Six years? Something like that. Yeah, yeah five years. Yeah. Let's just say five years. <laughs> Anyways, we were on a camping trip one time. Um, and I'm like, you know, I didn't know you that well. I'm like, hey, so what's your, what's your gig? What's your gig, man? What do you <laughs> and do? And then you started dude? talking about these personality things and how there's certain colors. And then you kind of did a quick analysis of me. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this is so interesting. <laughs> so tell about the different colors and explain, explain how it all works. So basically we use four colors. The colors we use are gold, blue, green, and orange. And each color has characteristics associated with it. So, for example, sitting before me here. Oh, he's going to do us. I Chris, started getting nervous when he started talking about profiling me. Christopher is pretty easy to figure out as an orange because of all of his entrepreneurial aspects, the energy, the creativity, the innovation, just uh, bouncing from activity to activity. Wait, you you so far you've only hit the positive aspects of Christopher's. We focus on the strengths. Oh, well that's very kind of you. Well, on the next podcast, we'll attack all his weaknesses. Oh, we I do don't that. care about hearing my weaknesses. I, I I enjoy people's criticism because then I can try to make some personal changes, that, you know, if I find it valid, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. How often right. do you find it valid? Uh, well, that's when you ask that, you know, because honestly, whenever I do anything, I, I like to do what I, in my mind, I, I call it a powwow, where if anybody was involved with what I did, I ask for a critique and see if I can improve, you know, how I do it the next time or if I should even try to do it another time. That is true. I have noticed that about him. You've done that. You've done that to me. You said, oh, I have? You have. Yeah. And I, I learned that years ago. It's, yeah. the, it's, way, it's the best way to self-improvement is just ask everybody what their critique. You don't have to believe everybody, but you right. know, but if you hear it over and over again, it's, there's a good chance it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guessing here. <laughs> yeah. Survey. Anyway, so, so orange, that's me. Okay. That's you. And James is going to be green. Primary a, color green. What's green? Green is the analytical. They like data. They like information. They tend to be very calm, cool, and collected. They uh, they generally do their best work by themselves. Mm, well, that's true. Uh, yes. Yeah, so they're research-oriented. They're usually pretty intellectual, too. I, don't I know. prefer the color blue, though. You prefer is, the color blue? Yeah, Perhaps blue. you're a green blue. Now, blue. <laughs> What's blue? Blue, they are people people. Oh, no. People, now I like people. green. What does that mean? Yes. That means... Anything they do is basically relationship oriented. They oh. like people. They like being with people. They want people to be happy. They're very supportive, harmonious, peacekeepers. We call them the blue glue in the work mm. environment. The blue they really, glue because they hold everybody together. Exactly. All right. Well, I like the idea of people. I just don't like people. <laughs> yep. We're going back to green. Okay. <laughs> and then there's golds. The golds. No, no, are, I want to be gold. No, no, sh- <laughs> Let them sit. <laughs> well, looking around here, I'm not sure how gold you <laughs> might be. <laughs> golds are the very structured, oh, right. organized, planners, preparers, oh, decision makers. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, I yeah. love. It's, you're not a sexist. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife is much more of a planner than I am. Yeah, and so is mine. <laughs> So, yes, everybody has all four colors in them, and most people tend to operate out of their top two. Hmm. Oh, so it's not like a rainbow. Like, you can literally be skipping around. There's no order to it. Well, there is an order. So as you go through the assessment, you're gonna, you'll are gonna you come out with a particular color spectrum. And, so, and colors is about temperament. Does that make so a new color? Like, so, for example blue and green make no we're not making easter eggs <laughs> oh, okay, here okay. trying to blend the colors <laughs> no because i'm worried because if i'm two colors i'm worried i might be caca brown <laughs> yeah orange and blue don't go together don't mix well <laughs> neither orange and green actually orange and orange doesn't mix with anything well christopher I'm i know sorry, so we're gonna say, have to no matter what you mix with orange unless it's yellow it's just Brown. Really, when you mix yellow and orange together, you just get more orange. Well, orange and gold, you can have like sunset orange. I want to hear more about the gold because maybe I can aspire to be more like a gold person. (laughs) 
more organized. <laughs> more organized. Good, I mean, I do organize my liquor bottles. <laughs> yeah, there's hope. There, yeah, there's hope over there. So, like for that's, example, that's I like all my vodka bottles together next to all my rum bottles. I don't like them intermixed. Oh, see, so see, not, he's he's dabbling in the gold. Well, then that's you did good. say we all have a little each color. You have a little of each. Color. And you're you're saying as probation officer, you had a lot of people who had substance abuse problems. Yes, which might be indicated by the. <laughs> Potentially, <alcohol> yes. <laughs> and being overly sensitive with his alcohol. I'm sorry. I think I may have diverted a little too much. Are you making connections here? <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm just being know. analytical about it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, James doesn't drink alcohol, right? That's Rarely. What, no, I don't drink alcohol. Never. I've tried it and I have decided not to. Yeah. My, I have uh, a cousin who's never had alcohol go past his lips. Well, last time I tried a couple of years ago, it was my, my father bought an expensive bottle of whiskey the last time he was in town because we, Ooh, we you were don't a dry house. what it was, do you? Uh, yeah, it was McCullen, McCallan, uh, yeah. something like that. Uh, like yeah. He didn't yeah. buy the real expensive so, stuff. He so just, he uh, got scotch. Scotch, scotch yes. Scotch. I think it was single, single malt. I do know. <laughs> it's funny. I know more about alcohol than I think most people do because I designed wine glasses for a while. Um, but uh, yeah, I tried. I couldn't even drink a, a, a teaspoonful of that. I just, it, I couldn't take it. That's generally not the first thing you should start with. I started trying the top. to drink alcohol. No, no, no. I you started have to work up to that. It took you start me, at the top. I got to yeah. start at the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I started. I didn't, the point? I, I started working on that when I was like 12. So, you know, it takes a long time to develop that, to, that fine <laughs> sense of taste. Um, yeah. So alcohol is not very interesting. No. no. <laughs> to me. Yes. Actually, it's not even true. I, I, I did find it very interesting because there are so many different types and so many different ways to drink it and so many different uh, social gatherings in which it's important. And I don't know, There's a lot of customs around it. Well, this whole podcast, I mean, is really wrapped around not alcohol drinking, but coffee drinking. Yeah, but, uh, just so everybody knows, Alan is a, t- uh, a tea tilter. <laughs> tilter? Isn't it? The toddler? Or is it tea tipper? What are you talking a about? A teetotaler is, I don't drink alcohol. Right. So A tea tippler, maybe? T- what do they tip- call the British guys that drink tea all the time? I thought they were called British guys who drink tea. I think it's also a monkey that pursues the opposite sex, but is a different species. That's what they call yeah. it. I should be I careful since I know from? so many British people. Where am I from? Yeah, no, Phoenix. Oh, really? So you're, are you a native Phoenix, Phoenician? Oh, yes. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. There's, so there's one. Born and raised. That's, yeah. that's, that's wonderful because we don't, you know, I'm but from I New York native. and he's I'm from native. California. So. Yeah. No, but I li- you came from California. I've Shut lived up. in a lot of places, but I've, I'm coming close to pretty soon living most of my life in Phoenix. Yeah, that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> but thanks but for playing. But I was playing. born here. <laughs> I don't count. Yeah, but you're California. Anyone who knows you knows you're from California. You're almost crazy enough to be a Phoenician or an Arizonan, but now nah, you're more of a Californian. Okay. As colors go, you're California. I can't argue. I don't know. But you're definitely from Phoenix. I'm definitely from Never Phoenix. moved away ever once? Not even for like college? Well, I went to, yeah, I was in Tucson. Went to Tucson <laughs> for college. But you lived your whole life in Arizona. You've never lived anywhere outside of Arizona? Correct. That's kind of cool. I spent summers on uh, Mackinac Island, Michigan for four years. That must be family. It was. Yeah. Anybody who goes back to visit Michigan has family. <laughs> Especially Mac and I. Tell me, anybody can email us and tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think we're going to get any emails on that subject. So, yeah, you were talking about how, criminals. I'd like to hear that answer. What, what, what was You're that? About, I thought you were about ready to say, so do criminals tend to be one of those colors over others or? Ah, yes. People often ask that. <laughs> um, all colors can engage in criminal behavior. That's reassuring. It seems like yes. the good ones that don't get caught would be gold. Uh, gold's, well, yeah. Gold's, <laughs> heard, yeah. Gold's, golds are rule followers. That's a big thing with golds. Golds are definitely rule followers. Things are black and white. And so they're, they're a little less likely. Unless you're from a crime family and those are the rules. <laughs> well, yeah. So... <laughs> Greens are the smart ones, so they tend not to get caught. Yeah, oh, that's good to know. But that's really, hmm. yeah. But then when you come to white collar crime or embezzling <laughs> or things like that, so then guess who? <laughs> Did you have to deal with a lot of white white uh, white collar criminals? Oh, sure. I would. I, you know, I'd execute them right off. Why? No white collar. I think is there's something really nasty about white collar to me. It seems because mean, just, right? Because they know better. Yeah, it's just. There's well, no they know better. They probably already are already wealthy. It's just, uh, it just, I don't know. There's something that always has rubbed me the wrong way. And, you know, the whole financial system is just corrupt. Well, that's funny you say that because 
you always see the, uh, on the news these white collar criminals, and they look very nice. They look like they like they could be your friend or that you'd want to be their friend. And then and they that. usually have decent homes. It, there seems to be no reason for a crime. And then they cheat you out of your life savings. Yes. yes. And they ruin, they Just ruin, like, so for example, if somebody goes into a liquor store and steals a bottle of whiskey, is it really going to affect anybody's life other than the liquor store guy? I, I granted that guy, but it's not going to ruin his whole life. But white collar crime, you're, va- you're basically, people have worked their whole life. So they're, they're invested 40, 50, 60, maybe 70 years into something. And all of a sudden, somebody takes it all away and that is just that's the worst well you know and, and the monetary system is or at that level of it when you're dealing with stocks and bonds and things like well stocks you're you're manipulating currency you know a lot of the what goes well, on manipulation manipulating the yeah. currency so you're, you're you're not really adding much to society to begin with and then to steal from that i mean it just seems i don't know Let, let's find something else no no, no. i want to ask one more okay, thing about white sorry, collar is have you ever met any like white collar criminals that you're like like the Robin Hood type guys, and they were—that's why they were, didn't go to jail because ah, uh, they were doing it for a good reason. Like they were stealing it for, you know, grandma down the street. That only happens. Anything in the like that? Anything like the? Ro- I would love to meet like Robin Hood type criminals. I'm, I'm sure some are out there somewhere. There, yeah, there may be. <laughs> I don't know that I ever had any of I those. I hear the skepticism. Nope, never one. <laughs> no, most of it was fairly. Selfish, self-centered. I remember a guy who was in the hospital. His wife was in labor. He was sitting in the chair in the waiting room. He decided he liked the chair, so he took it. Oh, my God. Took it out of the hospital, put it in his truck, and drove it home. While While, she's having a baby. While she's having a baby. I'm assuming his kid. (laughs) Okay, but have you seen seen how how much the hospital charges? And based on what the hospital is charging, you imagine you can take some of the furniture with you. <laughs> See, it is now rationalization. See? That's another green trait. Yeah, what color is rational, rationalization? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're smart. We can rationalize anything. Um, <laughs> so wait, wait, you didn't answer. Is there a certain color that's more common? Are you saying it's... Well, oranges are oh, no. perhaps more common because the, the challenge with orange, I guess, is their natural... They're naturally spontaneous. They're impulsive. They're risk takers. Oh, right. And they are not motivated by consequences. They're motivated by the carrot. So that can either be used to be very successful in doing good things, or it can go the other way. I always tell my sons, um, I guess my daughter too. (laughs) I tell my kids. Your children. My children. I said, listen, you don't lock your doors to stop criminals. You're just basically keeping honest people honest. So like when someone's coming by and they look in the car and they see your wallet, like it's just too tempting for some people. But if the door is locked, they're like, I'm an honest guy. I'm not going to break that window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So you're saying, yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. Impulse. <laughs> Impulsivity. Impulse control. So, so when Christopher's around, we should lock our doors. <laughs> Guard your wallet, okay. lock your doors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. See, see. It's funny you, you say about that. opportunity, but cause I also tell my kids opportunity is for the prepared. So, and what I'm saying is that always keep your eyes open, you know, make sure you're aware of your surroundings and then you'll find certain opportunities just pop up because you're actually just paying attention. That's yeah. That's the whole thing. Of, but I would never think to steal from no, somebody. No such thing as luck. <laughs> luck is merely the intersection of opportunity and preparedness. That's well, Christopher, exactly right. I, I can help you rationalize those instances. Please do. Yeah. That's what, no, no. As they come up. Oh, as they, so we're developing oh, yeah, a new you, crime syndicate here. Yeah. See, this is, this <laughs> is a perfect be Chris combination. And James or James and Chris. <laughs> well, well, let's, oh, put Chris like for, let's put Christopher first. Christopher first. <laughs> so people see his name first. Christopher James. The Christopher yeah, James like, CJ Crime Syndicate. That could be a great name for somebody. Christopher, Christopher James. James. You have no idea how many how much of my life is spent typing out the entire name Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> because Christopher won't be Chris. Well, we CJ would say. Now a lot we've of had lots of conversations yeah. about how people's names are certain certain ways. So when I was a kid, my name wasn't even Chris. It was I don't think I've ever said I'll go ahead and say. It was Kissy. Because my sister, Kissy? Couldn't, my sister Kissy. couldn't pronounce my name. Couldn't pronounce Chrissy. So Kissy was about it. So for years I was Kissy. I got, it didn't even bother me until one day one of my buddies thought, what did what'd your mom say? <laughs> and then I think she heard, so that stopped. So then it was 
Chris. And then the problem is I got a little bit, I got, I was with a group in Arizona that probably not the best influence on see, me. See, there's another <laughs> challenge. Peers. Right. Antisocial so, peers. That can be a problem. It's yeah. good not liking people because you don't have peers to send you the wrong way. Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, wow. when I moved to California, I actually wanted to start my whole life over. Like, I don't want any of those friends that cause problems and, and you know, and basically break laws. And then I just want to start over. So from that point on, when I moved to California in 1985, I introduced myself from that point on as Christopher. I think we've talked about this once before. And that is um, men always call me Chris, always. And then women tend to call me Christopher with the exception of men that I've had this exact conversation with. Like, so for example, we've had this conversation with James. And so, but when people ask, uh, are you Chris or are you Christopher? I always say whatever you want. And I've noticed the women pick Christopher and the men pick Chris. Always. Even when I was, I lived in Philadelphia for a short I, while and they called me Callie because I was living from California. Well, men, men have small brains. So Chris <laughs> takes less of that mind, that, that mind space, which is good for everyone. I was going to be crude, but I'm not going to. <laughs> So, Alan, it sounds, right like, along, huh? it sounds like you moved into your new business basically from your old business. So They're related, was, I guess. Uh, and either one. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess this can cover. No, let's cover the new business. So, we, actually, we haven't really fully under... I don't fully understand what you do for your new business. So you, but it's not new. You have this uh, pro, uh, personality profile mechanism that you use. How do you, what clients do you have and how do you use that? So being a communication tool or being, you know, relationship marketing, it's for anybody, anybody, uh, you know, mainly businesses. We do a lot of corporate healthcare, banking, insurance, uh, construction. It's you name it, whatever profession. Nothing to do with HR. Oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I thought it was a mostly HR. HR, actually. I, okay, I so no. it was marketing. No, HR, sales, marketing, education, military. So is, this, is this going into a comp, uh, like a bank and looking at the individuals and, and trying to help them work better together? Or is this the messaging to, to customers? Yeah, this would be uh, running a class where I'll facilitate the class. They will go through the instrument. And then we are like you know, hundreds of other instruments or assessments, and they're all pretty much based off of the same stuff. It's usually four categories. The beauty of our instrument, although, is what we call the brightening. And that's when we get people together. So they now know their color spectrum. We put them into their primary color group. So we really focus on one color. And like I said, everyone has all four, so that's not exactly fair, but we need to really identify the characteristics of that one color. And then all the other groups are able to see that because they create a poster and they see what that color represents. Now they're able to ask questions because particularly, so golds and oranges are kind of on separate planes. Greens and blues are Did kind you of say on red? separate planes. Not red. No. Oh, okay. No red. red. No <laughs> gold. <laughs> Yeah, Golden gold. orange. Okay, sorry. So gold is going to do things a certain way and orange is going to do things a very different way. This is an opportunity to say, okay, we're on the same team. How are we going to work together? What's the compromise? Where you see things very differently than I do, but we need to work together. And it's not that it's not a right or wrong thing. It's just different. Yeah, that's really interesting. So you can you can explain to people basically why they never get the answers they want from certain people because yes. of the way they think and the way the other person thinks. It's because you're not speaking in their language right. and you're not hearing. Right. Yeah. So that's, that, that's actually a great point. It's not only the speaker, but it's also the hearing. So it's the hearing and the speaking. Is, is a color trainable? I mean, can you take somebody and say, okay, this is certain characteristics of a color we're looking for. Um, is there like a training method to like, okay, let's move this person or is it kind of like you're just kind of born with it and let's just work with the palette we have? You're born with it. You can basically increase your understanding of that which you are not. But when you have to function in that which you are not, after you've done that for a couple hours or days, you're exhausted because mm. you oh. have to think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, 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 I get that. I get that. Yeah. So many years ago, I used to be a school teacher. And every time you say that, it, it still shocks me. I know. <laughs> Is that the scariest thing ever? He, I, I, I know that too. It's like, well, not wow. the scariest thing ever. <laughs> I was popular. Not with the teachers, but with the kids. I'll bet. <laughs> I can imagine. Anyways. Mr. Berman, Mr. Berman. I will Berman. tell you, I'm dealing with people that are very uh, touchy-feely about... Um, about how they deal with certain situations. And I always think, um, just tell the kid the truth. Why? Well, we worried about his ego, you know, they're worried about all these things. And I'm constantly sitting there when we, so what we used to deal with kids that had problems and with, I don't know, whatever it was, but whenever they had a problem kid at, at the schools I worked at, they liked to send them into my classroom because I didn't really have a problem with problem kids because when I was a kid, all my friends were problem kids. So I knew how to deal with them, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, being a problem adult, it does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for example is I had a lot of uh, what they call ankle kids or bra ankle bracelet kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, uh, excuse me? Yes. Now, now we're back to juvenile you know probation. <laughs> uh, I am one of the three here that seems to not know what this okay, is. So, I can guess what it is, but it's not. It's, a, it's an idea that so is So when a kid me. gets in such bad trouble that, uh, but he, they, they don't want to put him in jail or juvie. Right. So what they do is they just put an ankle bracelet around him. They have a tracker on their ankle. And so they're monitored by, I guess, a patrol group. I don't know that. I actually have no idea who traces yeah, them. Electronic monitoring. Yeah. And they're not allowed to, to leave. Their, they have to make sure they have to be at school at school. They have to be at home when they're supposed to be home and they're not supposed to be within certain boundaries. And then they can go to work, but they have to ask for that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, I had a lot of those kids in my classroom and in what, what age, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what age did you start seeing kids with monitors? As early as fourth grade. That's <laughs> completely <laughs> off the walls to me. I can't even imagine. Um, Generally speaking, they were a little bit older. So, for example, as I remember at one time, the most I ever had it per class was probably three or four. And um, this is middle school I'm talking about now. So I think when I had three at a time or maybe it was four, it was eighth grade. So we're talking 13 or 14. Anyways, those kids functioned well in my class because I gave them a lot of freedom. But yet at the same time, I'm sa I said, you know, I had certain rules that they had to abide by. So, for example, as a lot of these kids had terrible parents. I mean, they just, I don't want to sound cruel or mean. They knew it. I knew it, but I didn't BS them. I didn't say like, oh, well, you know, work it out. No, I'm like, hey, you know, you know how your parents are. It's probably not the best example. Let me give you some other alternatives. You know, I was honest with them. My whole point was, is I'm dealing with a whole school of, oh, let's be really sensitive to the kids. And then, so I constantly had to be all the time be very aware of what I'm saying because I could offend so many people so easily <laughs> by just being what I considered honest. I'm sure they considered themselves honest too. I'm not saying they were dishonest. I don't know. Does that make sense? They were, they were just, yes. Yes. It does make sense. They were just trying to spare some feelings. Yeah, but you're exhausted at the end of the day because you're like, oh my God, all day long I have to bite my tongue or like be very, it's exhausting. So I get that whole thing. Well, like kids, kids read through that kind of stuff. They yeah, they I think like, they do too. They like the brutal honesty. Generally, they like some discipline. And it's, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you care, they respect that. Not being a rule abiding guy. Yeah. One of the rules, well, I worked in two different school districts. So one was in Manhattan Beach, California. And they encouraged teachers to do home visits. Right. Wow. What, what that did was it that brought sounds a, like probation. A, a tighter <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it made it made a tighter uh, community. And what oh, they, okay. you know, so you yeah. would make an appointment to go with the parents and visit, and you know, would talk about schoolwork. It didn't always have to be at the school. And then I moved here to an inner city school, which was a rough neighborhood, and now it was against the rules. But I had so many successes in California. I go screw that. I'm just gonna I'm right. just gonna visit. And I will tell you. When I did a surprise visit at a house, like, you know, maybe an hour after school and the mom answers the door and I go there with some positive, like, I never went there when kids were bad. I only went, there, went to their homes when they were doing stuff that was good. And I would go and I would talk to the parents. I'm like, hey, Robert, you know, he's been really doing really well in my class. He has really 
um, done X, Y, and Z very well. I just wanted to meet you in person and just tell you face to face what a great kid you have. And I got to tell you, ankle bracelet kid or not, for the rest of my experience with that kid, he was the best kid in my class. Mm -hmm. The bracelet kids were good. They're all good. Once you get that inner connection with the face to face, eye to eye, man, and they were scared. You could hear them scrambling. Oh my God, my teacher's like, <laughs> oh my God, because they looked through the little people in these rough neighborhoods. They all looked through the people L- before little, the answer. A little positive reinforcement, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah That's absolutely. huge. That's downright brilliant. <laughs> it is. You don't hear that often, do you? No, but I also got in trouble all the time for breaking rules and stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there, there's... Obviously, there was a good reason for that rule. But then again, what you were doing was. And I'm not genius. a small guy either. Breaking the rules? It was breaking the rules. <laughs> orange, here we See, back it's to orange. orange. Yeah. You know, if it, you want to make an omelet, you got to crack a few eggs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, like no, I get, the eggs come in the box now, don't they? <laughs> You're making me hungry. Should we take a break for some food? <laughs> oh. Do you want to take a break? Just really quick. Okay. I want some. I want some cookies. Incorrigible. They got floors with fishes and fairies, bubbles and berries, cats and canaries. So as you're looking for something a little unique, go to our website and go take a peek. That's G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S dot com. Go Rages Floor for the outrageous look. Where were we going? Well, I have more questions for Alan. <laughs> this is supposed to be about Alan. <laughs> was it? Yes. I thought That's it was why about he's the here. <laughs> Well, the coffee and the cookies. Coffee is too strong again. Um, Well, really quick before you ask that, we've all known each other for a little while, but we've never really hung out together. Well, not to no, not Not all three of us. We always go camping. Camping. I'm always afraid he's going to arrest me. (laughs) Well, I keep my badge at home these days. For listeners that don't know, um, (laughs) no weapons. Once you get in the habit, though, (laughs) that's right. James Allen. And myself, we all do volunteer work with BSA, formerly known or sometimes known as Boy Scouts of America. (laughs) And so we go out on these big camping trips and sometimes we go to Camp Geronimo, at least Alan and I have, we're there there for like a week trying to help out everybody. And then James and I, we we do a lot of one night or two nighters um, out in the middle of nowhere and just we're always the last one. We're always the last one. Cause when the kids all go to bed, you know, you always think the kids are going to go to sleep for, you know, they're going to stay up all night, but not, no, it's James and I, we're the last ones to go. We're the ones to put the fire out. Anyways, that's how we all know each other. <laughs> <Okay>. Just so, <laughs> but this so, is the first time we've hung out. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, it's really interesting that you, you're, and, and the obvious connection and overlap between the two things that you've done. Um, and either one, you can pull a story from this. What was the quirkiest or most interesting story that you can have from either of those experiences, either as probation officer as what do you, um, do you have a short way of referring to your business now other than marketing human relations? I can't even remember all that. Don't, <laughs> all don't use stuff. names, Alan, because we want to protect the guilty. <laughs> <laughs> either I would say relationship marketing or simply facilitating a communications tool. I'm going to call you a painter. A painter's yeah, Why a painter? Color, because colors. He works with Ooh. colors. Oh, right. And Ooh, I, I, I might have to remember. use that. I might be, oh, that's yeah, good. Every, it's only a dollar every time you use Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> Piece of cake. Put it on my bill. Oh, yeah. It, we're, it's, it's running. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's running. running yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Well, if one doesn't jump out to you, I have my, more questions. We can. We my can best story to. has to be a, a professional fighter that <laughs> I supervised. <laughs> Are you allowed to say names? I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> that it's not. It's not. Uh, uh, it's not unknown that he had some issues. Yeah, Mike Tyson. Okay. So I was, was going to jump to him. Yeah. For two reasons: one, he's been in, he was in the news a lot, and two, Still he's the only fighter I think I can name. There you go. <laughs> oh come on! What about Muhammad Ali? Well, he's not really 
current interview, okay, I wouldn't okay. think. I, I would think that would be okay. outside of. Yeah, that's, that's right. a little. Yeah, yeah. tell, tell, tell how, your story. What can you? How can you make? Muhammad Ali doesn't need any help. No, no, I'm. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, really. No, I mean it was just it's just interesting having someone that high profile, and that you get you're you're now in charge of. No, you tell them what they're going to do. Why was he in Phoenix though? I didn't know he lived in Phoenix. Um, he was he here in on what Phoenix? was called Interstate Compact. He got in trouble in Maryland, and um, they transferred him to Phoenix because he was. He did have a house here and he was training for fights and he liked training here and he also had a place in Vegas. And it is warm here. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's warmer here. And if he likes to swim. So, but yeah, he did. He did training here. Now, did you um, have to go to his house? Um, Prior. Well, let's see. I did meet him at a, at a house one time. I don't know if it was really his house or not. I met him at a house one time. Well, if there were tigers, he, it was his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he moved again or something. And then we, all the other meetings were at his attorney's office. Hmm. And and it was just, it was interesting. His, were the rules different because so, he was high profile? No. Can you tell us what color he was or is that too revealing? You don't have to. It's hard to. It's hard to say. I, I mean, he's pretty orange. He's, he's definitely pretty orange. I don't know. We we didn't do colors with him. No, um, in a rag. I guess it's uh, probationary. Um, that's a good question, though. Do you guys may have more insight than I do on this? Uh, boxers and fighters in general. Do you think they are more commonly orange or green? Probably not blue. No, but orange. Yeah, probably gold, not blue. Gold might be because they're so. I th- always think if you're a professional athlete, you really have to be meticulous in your procedure and your process to be a top athlete. You can't be lazy. Well, you probably need a little bit of gold. Yeah, I think and, you probably need a little bit of all the colors. Are there th- are there those that are equal? I mean, oh yeah. What are they like? Oh God! <laughs> oh, Steve, I'm getting on like, the Tyson thing. You mean like Tyson, Steve, one of them? Steve Jobs, people like that. Maybe no Jobs. Jobs is more of a green, orange, orange, green, mm-hmm. because of his. Um, well, certainly he was uh, um, very analytical, very intellectual. But I read an article about him one time that said everybody has a Steve Jobs yelled in my face story. So he was very competitive. According to this article, I didn't obviously know him, but he was very competitive and he treated things, according to the article, as hand-to-hand combat and he wanted things his way and he was very passionate. So that passion is orange, Mm -hmm. but then the intellectual aspects and all the rigorous analysis, that then lends itself to the green. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, I actually read a book on him, so... Oh, okay, so then you have even more information. Well, that that doesn't that figure. I want to hear about Tyson. Get back to Tyson. I don't read a lot, but I did read that one. I just want to know: Did you work with him before he had ear or after? Oh, way after ear. Okay, <laughs> and before uh, tattoo. Oh right. Did right. you did you ask so him how what ear tastes like? No. You see, you you missed not coming there. We did not go there. We were very professional. <laughs> Kept, you, kept to just what's going on. Yeah, now you said the rules were the same for him, but how can they possibly be the same for him when he's that whole? You can't just like that's the whole point of the the criminal justice system. We're all even. We're all we're supposed to be treated equally. It's not that equally. way though in real life. You're well, saying it is, Alan. In, at least well, in your experience, he didn't, he didn't have to come to the office because that was just a, a clown show when he came to the office. Because obviously everyone knew him, and it's like mm-hmm. okay, okay so that some things were slightly some different. some things were slightly different. Yeah, but. Other thing now he got to travel more, but even even at that because he was I mean he was still promoting himself as a boxer and he needed to be out there. So there were com- some accommodations like say some accommodations like if you were if you had a probation case for say an assassin, obviously you're not going to take his guns away, right? So you'd make an accommodation for an assassin who that was is probation. fascinating. <laughs> yes, I, right. yes, because yeah, those okay. are tools of the trade. Yeah, you can't. If you're taking away. He wouldn't be able to pay the fines then. I well, mean, that it's, it's make funny any sense. you said going along the same line of humor. <laughs> I mean, you said um, there's nothing. Funny uh, about if that. you're on probation, you can't have weapons. But I, I bet you Tyson would argue that his fists are weapons. Uh, that's not actually in dispute. Uh, 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 no, uh, uh, 
boxers, as far as I know, uh, a boxer's fists are considered lethal weapons. Yeah, so why don't they have, he should be mandatory to keep pillows around him. Iron Mike, Iron Fist Mike or something, but didn't he have uh, a big name like that? big guy who killed me by looking he's at me, probably. He's not that big. What do you mean by not No, that no, big? he's a short guy. He's short. Okay, no, but he's, how, oh no. I mean, he's, he's like he's a comic not, book character. So he's, not, he's wider than he is tall. He's not like a, he, if you if you remember, you know, uh, Lou Ferrigno or Arnold Schwarzenegger in their, their Mr. Universe times right, right, where right. they're just, Rrr. Tyson's not. Okay, but he just looks. I mean, he's stout. Yes, but and he's well. He's talented. You, you also he's, may have he's a bit, all muscle. I, but I'm he's not. I'm a little bit on the um, twiggy side. You are. You say? <laughs> I'm a little bit thin. I'm a little bit on the Maybe. lightweight side. Okay, yeah, he's so bigger than you. I have. Yes, that's my point. You guys may see other men differently, but I'm thinking. You know, he's probably bigger than me. Oh, Maybe. yes. Maybe is it like two of me? Well. <laughs> How I mean, you might be three. I mean, okay. <laughs> should I ask a Google Assistant how much Mike Tyson no, is? No, no. You sure? No, can? please, 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 let me. I, okay, me. go ahead. Why he's looking up that? I want. I hear something interesting. Maybe it's not interesting. How much is Mike Tyson? I have a Muhammad Ali story. I actually Ooh. met Muhammad Ali. Really? Say yeah, he's he's, he's muscle. Two, he's two twenty, so he's not quite twice me, but he's you know me and a half. It's muscle. Me and three quarters. But he's not. Is that heavyweight? Well, I'm assuming so, since he's a heavyweight. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Are you heavyweight? <laughs> I'm heavyweight. Uh, well, only if it starts at 145. <laughs> so I met Muhammad Ali yes. actually twice, actually. Twice? Twice, right. So once upon a time, there was this device called a pager. <laughs> and, wow. And um, I was working for a company. I, I think they're gone now, but I shouldn't say that. It was called Radio Call, one of the oldest pager company that went back to the 60s anyways i was working for this company and we sold air and i was at the la marathon doing one of these booths you know marketing basically because i'm marketing guys marketing these pagers anyways three three booths down and across the aisle so i can see him muhammad ali is promoting this book that he wrote with another guy like a kid's book i didn't want to be I, i'm not one of those guys that when i see because when i lived in la i used to see stars all the time and famous people and whatnot i never approached them but i grew up watching muhammad ali every time he was on regular tv you know i watched him fight navy guys in the military my dad and i have so many experiences together watching muhammad ali and my dad would whenever he was on the tv we'd get out the chips yeah, uh, and he would make what we have in Arizona called a cheese crisp. We could talk about that some other time. And my dad would drink Coke and rum, and I would sit on the floor in front of him, and we'd watch the boxing matches like all the time. So it it's one of the better experiences I had with my dad. It's one of the few things we really did together consistently. Anyway, so I saw Muhammad Ali at the end of the show, and he's walking away. I go, you know, I probably should sh share the story. I, it who knows? Might mean something to him. And I just want to meet him. So I could basically tell my dad I met him. So I walked up to him and he had, I think it was Parkinson's, right? Yes. And um, he couldn't talk so well, but he had this young, young man with him who kind of was like a liaison between the crowd that was all trying to talk to him. And so I didn't even talk to Muhammad. I'm not going to do that. I just said to the guy, I go, hey, if you could pass on the story. And I told the, the, the young man the same story I just told you. He says, no, I'd like you to tell him in person that story. So I went up, you know, it's only a foot away. And I, he comes up, he says, um, what's your name? And I said, my name is Christopher. And he says, um, Muhammad Ali, this is, this is Christopher. He has a short story he wants to tell you. And then I told it now a third, you know, again to, to him. And I'm not kidding you. He grabbed me, Muhammad Ali grabbed me and hugged me and not for like a second, but like a real big, honest, like, thank you, um, hug and, and then patted me on like the, the shoulder kind of, you know, and then everybody started getting in the middle of the way and then he, you know, went on his way. And I remember thinking, what a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> what that a is cool guy. <laughs> That's cool. Who does that? Who hugs a total stranger? You know, I just thought, and I, and I was wildy then. I was like, I had crazy blonde, out of control, curly hair. I mean, I wasn't some nice looking, I was like a crazy looking guy <laughs> who had this, who did marketing for a major company and it basically some dead end job. And all. anyways, and he came, I just thought he was the coolest guy in the world. I, who does that? Anyways, but to get to the muscle thing, 
this guy's like, I don't know how old he was, but he was in the latter half of his life. And he was built. I mean, he was muscly. I mean, he he looked like he could just beat anybody down. <laughs> these guys, these boxers, man, they, they are something else. I mean, I don't think well, they are when they though. stop boxing, they stop. They always work out for the rest well, of their lives. That, that, I think that varies from person to person. But, it, you know, it's, it's a distinction worth pointing out that, you know, Lou Fringa and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger don't look like boxers, uh, don't look like real fighters, right? Because they develop muscles for completely different reasons. Oh, that's true. True. So if you see someone uh, but who's But Schwarzenegger like, wasn't a boxer. I'm talking about athlete. No, that's my point that I'm trying to make is uh. that Schwarzenegger is not a boxer. He builds his muscles for a completely different purpose than a boxer does. So you don't really have to worry about those guys. <laughs> you, know, <body> <laughs> you don't have to worry about bodybuilders because they don't know how to punch you. They're not, they're not built to punch. That's you just, a you, good you push them over and they'll fall over like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I can't imagine Tyson going up and hugging somebody. You know what I've heard of him? I don't know much about him, but um, I've heard people who have interviewed him. Uh, a lot of kind of high profile interviewers talk to talk about him, like him being a pretty sweet guy and pretty nice genuinely i mean is that how he was he did not him? have an easy life growing up and he was manipulated by the people oh, around him so you know he, it's not a great story but it seems like he's turned out okay after you know some of it well instances. i was shaking his head yes people can't. I, we, we, we weren't doing any hugging but uh, <laughs> no you were the enemy <laughs> <laughs> not really oh really no i mean he was cool did, yeah he's he was pretty cool was just kind of Kind of doing his thing. I mean, we didn't have any deep discussions. It's like, like, hey, Mike, how you doing? We chit chat. And um, well, I think after this story, James, he's going to consider, you know, beefing up to be a boxer. You know, you could be you could be the next light lightweight boxer. There's there's no there's no I I can't put weight on. I just can't. You don't feel like slugging it out with some other. I love the idea of slugging people, (laughs) slugging out with people. I'm just not very good at it. I just I'm just really disappointed, although, because I was flying home from Denver one time and there was this buzz in the airport. Buzz at the gate. Mike Tyson's on the plane. Mike Tyson's on the plane. Uh oh. Uh oh. What? He's flying Southwest. (laughs) Was it late at night? It must have been late at night. Um, It was later in the day. And sure enough, I'm walking on the plane and there he is. And so I just, I just had to, I went up to, hi Mike, you remember me? And he said, help me with that. I said, I was your probation officer in Phoenix. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) Well, that's true. He did have a few, but then he tells to the plane, he says, hey, Hey everybody, this is my probation. No, officer we from did Phoenix. it. Oh, like, good to see you, Mike. <laughs> now you're all just went by. No, it, the but best, it was pretty funny, really. Well, it would have been great though if, like, three other people said, "Hey, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good to see you, get on." Hi, uh, hey James, uh, I'm out of coffee. Too bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, James. I have a couple questions. Okay. Uh, Best client, worst client? Do you have anyone that stands out uh, from either experience? Because, uh, you know, when you're doing corporate, you think, oh, that would be easier. But I've been in corporate and sometimes bad clients can be worse. I don't know about probation, but they can be pretty bad sometimes. Best client, worst client. If you don't have any specific, you know, anything jumps out, it's not. Nothing that really jumps out. No. Okay. Not really. Um, What was one thing? that you're really concerned about in either business, either, you know, either doing probation, that's not really business, but uh, probation as uh, your probation work or in your later consulting work that you were really worried about. Uh, and then you either did it or you, you know, you did it and it became no big deal or uh, you just worked it out on your own. It's like one was the kind of big stumbling block that turned out not to be a big deal. Like your first time you did probation. Was there anything that you were really concerned about? Well, certainly going to sketchy parts of town. Well, that's where I was going. <laughs> basically, James is asking, did you ever feel like your life was threatened? Did you think someone was going to basically kick your rear? You know, James, I, I never, booty. And that, yeah, I never felt that way because I always did. You always carried think, a sidearm. No. <laughs> actually, I never carried a sidearm. I never, I never, even when we were allowed to, I mean, from the first, I don't know, 15 years of my career, we didn't have hardly any weapons when i first started we had nothing mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't have pepper spray or anything so we would just go out there and hey how's it going of, everybody 
we would kind of joke that <laughs> we had to leave a list of where we were going, the addresses we were going to. So they can find I, the dead body. That's easily. exactly what I would say. <laughs> this, is, this is so they know where to find the body. <laughs> I was like, what is this going to do? He didn't show up for the last two days. <laughs> like, yeah, well, too well, late. Well, we notice a smell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, just, smell next to one of uh, has, has that changed now? The probation officers carry weapons not regularly now? Oh yeah. Okay. Really? Oh, they have all. Yeah, they have cops. And they is, have that, batons, is that? They have but why? Why? What made the change? Guns. Did people actually get hurt, or just they decide? Oh, why not? Well, there haven't been a lot of injuries, but things so why the up change? a little bit. Um, people came in and decided that we needed to be more police-like. So it's from oh, up top, not from. Oh, that's kind of sad. It wasn't from the top. Okay. No. No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. see, as you said, people came in. Oh, so like new hires? New or? hires. Well, yeah. New hires. I mean, people that came either from police backgrounds, so they were used to carrying oh, weapons, okay. or came from departments, jurisdictions where they did carry weapons. And it's like, oh, you need. And then, we, I mean, we also used to get police officers that said, you know, you go to parts of town that we won't go to. (laughs) Hey, I've seen, it's it's interesting you mentioned that that because I've seen, I've seen officers, uh, like retired officers from the mean streets of uh, New York City complaining about their replacements. They're like, you know, we used to go in these places with just a little six shooter and I never pulled my gun and it was a lot tougher. That's what I was going to say. That's why it was so sad. I always get upset when everybody feels like they have to have a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is really probably the most serious question I have for you. Uh oh. On a personal level. Yes. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Smooth or crunchy? Oh, crunchy. Thank God. All right. <laughs> you got my thumbs up. Crunchy. Double thumbs up. Double thumbs. Oh, we do double up here. Double thumbs. Up in here. Double thumbs. <laughs> it has to be crunchy. James. I am now really out of coffee. I've even sucked the last drop out. There's not. There's nothing even at the bottom here. Good for you. Have you borked your coffee cup? <laughs> you have to turn it over. This is his subtle, sure. subtle way of saying he needs to go home. <laughs> Wait, he is home. <laughs> oh, should we tell? It doesn't matter. What? We're recording in a back patio now for today. Unusual spot. We've only done it once before, right? Okay. <laughs> a back patio in northern Phoenix as opposed to central Phoenix. Well, there you go. Mr. Alan Henry, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Thank and, you. And James, thanks for coming all the way well, over it's here. It's a pleasure. It's no problem. It's actually very nice being up here. And thank you, Alan. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You all have a good rest of the day, y'all. Chris <laughs> and James. This joke is brought to you by Marcus in Motion. If you'd like to contact Heatstroke, go to heatstrokepodcast.com. Don't you see me? Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want yes. is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. One cup. It's not tea. And it must be duck duck brown. Oh, it's made from pink. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee.